Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is a very special episode of the pod. It's a filler episode! (laughs) Yay! We are now in anime and we are in between arcs right now, so we are currently filling up the time that we are not recording on our main feed or our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) We have had a whirlwind of a past couple weeks, and I feel like the past couple podcasts we've been saying that, but seriously, it's been crazy. I've been happy to see that a lot of other podcasts are just randomly taking breaks without announcing anything, so yeah. thank you for the solidarity. Um, this early summer madness is um, is Mad. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, Ashlyn, you just sang at Carnegie Hall, so no big deal. I did. I did with um, my church choir. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can, because you did. It's amazing. It was wonderful. It was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, we've been taking a lot of trips. Um, Rihanna been... went home to Colorado. Yes, I did. I brought my girlfriend home and actually showed her Colorado. Ooh. Um, so Ooh. that was. <laughs> Lily says she wanted to go. Everyone's out. <laughs> so yeah, we've been traveling a bit. We've been planning stuff for the summer. I'm actually seeing Taylor Swift on Sunday. So Rihanna's been emotionally preparing for that for months. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I've like yeah. a million bracelets made. Been really thinking about not a lot of Star Trek, weirdly, because Taylor Swift has been consuming my soul. Yeah. So. I called Rihanna when I was in New York, and I said, this is the longest period of time I've gone, <laughs> like, without thinking about Janeway. Because yeah. it had been, like, four days straight, and I, it's like I forgot she existed. It was no, and terrible. And then I proceeded to send her picture after picture of Janeway, <laughs> <laughs> just to remind her of her love. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Also, happy beginning of Pride Month, Rihanna. Today, Woo, we are recording on... Um, to you too other people know it as kirk and spock month (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah and i just want to say a quick thing that like this is kind of a tough pride month for a lot of us uh, especially our siblings in the trans community and i just want to say that we stand with you and we are here for you every single month of the year we're not up with that rainbow capitalist bullshit i'm dropping the first f-bomb because it's a filler so we can do whatever we want yeah good um fuck the patriarchy let's go i like how i said f-bomb but i didn't (laughs) drop an f-bomb but you know what i mean i dropped the first bullshit and so Mm. we just want to say we stand with everybody in the lgbtq plus community and especially our trans friends because we know that this is a really tough time and also fuck the rainbow capitalism fuck target Let's just try to have fun this Pride Month and stay safe, everyone, please. Yes, I I very much agree with yeah. those sentiments. Thank you, Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a nightmare we've got going on. Definitely. Uh, but what else is new, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so here we are making a podcast to fill your day, fill your week. It seems bizarre. We're not doing any type of main feed, catch-up series, anything is happening because... Our sister Gabby just started her summer break, which means that she is traveling a bunch. And right when Ashlyn got back from her trip, Gabby's going to be traveling this weekend. I'm going to be seeing Taylor Swift. We don't really have, like, any time to record or emotional energy to record. Um, And we have, none of us have watched the Prodigy episodes uh, for family yet. And so 
I've watched one, but still. So we essentially were talking to each other and saying, we need to get a pod out there, but we can't do a main feed one. So we have decided to give you this filler episode. And unlike most anime filler episodes, you shouldn't skip this one. Yeah. Because we are going to have some really awesome debates. We're going to talk about our reactions to the Strange New Worlds season two trailer, which dropped a couple of weeks ago. You know us, we're like hot on the yeah. <laughs> hot, hot off the presses. We're ready to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly sli- stale takes, I'm sure by now. <laughs> our Picard episode is a little late. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. fine. Um and uh, so we will be discussing that, and then we will be having a ranking of all of the captains. Mm-hmm. All We've included nine captains. We'll talk about that more later. And then we will be finishing it off uh, with a debate about which is the best season of TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. So if you want to stick around to hear all of these um, decades-old takes, we, yeah. <laughs> we are here to tell you our thoughts. <laughs> yes. One other piece of news is that we have decided to not go crazy and do the entire catch-up series right now because both of us are already tired and we haven't even finished Family. And we realized that we actually are really getting excited to start Engineers, which is the series that Ashlyn chose ages ago. (laughs) Like months ago. Um, we would like to give you the Family episodes for Prodigy and Picard, and then we are going to be moving on to our engineering series and we have decided that we will be doing catch-up episodes in between each series so you get a little bit more and then not all of this heavy front loading of the catch-up <laughs> series because let's be frank we're going to be catching up for the rest of our pod and so uh we wanted to make it a little bit more streamlined for you guys and for us we're just like getting a little antsy if you can't tell so. yeah we're really antsy i mean we were trying to figure out like we just we should we go live should we yeah. make a podcast what should we do so we're just here to kind of like talk and just like be in the truck universe while our lives straighten out a little bit yes. and we figure out what's going on um yes. i will say because we have like delayed so much and not released episodes weekly in the past couple weeks we are now only two weeks away from the start of Strange New Worlds. And so Crazy. I believe if we maybe take another break, um, <laughs> we it might line up where Strange New Worlds Season 2 could be finished by the time we are on that section of engineering. And True. I know we're getting a new engineer this season, so yes. it could be very exciting to talk about. Absolutely. So, Ashlyn, you're talking about Strange New Worlds. I think let's dive in. Let's talk about. Oh the no, no, trailer. we we need a buddy to get through this oh, you're trailer. Right, you're right. We need a companion. <laughs> action figure time. Not everything from a main feed episode is gone. We have the action figures still rattling around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the very bottom. Today. Okay, I'll, I'm inspired. I'll go to the very bottom. Oh, I picked someone small. <laughs> oh. Oh, funny how I have a giant man. Wesley and I never choose him. I got Professor X. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> Close, but no. I similar. know, but not quite. <laughs> She's laughing a lot. I want you to go first. Who oh did you choose? Oh my gosh! Ashlyn? I have McCoy from the motion oh. picture. <laughs> He's incredible, and Ashlyn made a medallion for him. <laughs> yes, that he has from his disco. And I, his nose is a little. A little weird. Yeah. A little rubbed off. Yeah, a little yeah. rubbed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, McCoy is going to be joined by a very short friend named Nog. This is oh. very young, maybe season one Nog. Yeah, and... he looks like he's going to cause some ruckus. Yeah, he's definitely stealing something today. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so now that we have our buddies, let's begin and talk about the Strange New Worlds trailer. This is the two-minute official, not the teasers. We're going to be talking about the one that they're like, really the, the official trailer. So, Ashlyn, what are your first thoughts about this Strange New Worlds season two trailer? A lot more kissing <laughs> than <Yes>. I expected. <laughs> uh-huh. And kissing from people I don't want to be kissing. Thank um, you. Yes. So we, it featured a Spock and Chapel kiss. And I've watched a couple times and I realized this time um, Spock asked, like, what is this? And she says something like, just, like, just go with just it. Just go with something. it. Yeah. So I think it, it leads me to think that this is another, like, situation where they have to act you know, mm-hmm. um, which is like what we saw in season one in order to save to bring from Cybok, uh, something like Cyborg. that. <laughs> I mean, it was you hinted. Mean, it was... Right, but not but it from Angel. I know, from Angel, but you know, Cybok's yeah. in there in the works. Yeah. Um, so is. I feel like it might be a similar situation, which could be weird to copy it. But also, I low-key ship Spock and Chapel, even though... I don't. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. I love their chemistry and totally. I love that they're drawing on this like age old thing. That's what everyone knows about Chapel is that she's a crush on Spock, you know? So True. we're seeing how this happened and I'm excited to see. I, I also just love chaos and nonsense. So I'm like, yay. <laughs> you love hijinks. I, I do, do not. I love hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> I do not love this type of hijinks. Um, since we're diving in now, I did see a post from Socialists in Space on Instagram that said perhaps this is a naked time, which could be nice, you know, like inhibitions are gone type thing. But seeing that kiss just made my heart plummet because, <laughs> first of all, like Spock is literally engaged to T'Pring at this point, And we know that he ends up getting married to T'Pring because of a muck time, of course. And so... I just find it so, so improbable and illogical that Spock would cheat on T'Pring in this way. And so it has to be some kind of spores or something. Please, 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 please don't make Spock a cheater. It makes no sense to me. Like, I know that he kind of cheats on T'Pring with his work, <laughs> but like, that's the extent of what it should be. And I think that the, it, it would be really like a total slag off to Spock's character if they did it like that. But hopefully not. Hopefully it is sort of a like jokey or something. But they looked really passionate and I did not like that either. <laughs> it just scares me about Spock's character. I don't I don't want that. Yeah, I mean Spock has a dark side that we don't see very often, like like the mind meld with Valeris in the sixth yeah. movie. That seemed so out of character. Sure. Um that's just bad writing though. Yeah. Like that's but not it's like Spock. it's I know, but it's canon. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the problem with canon is that sometimes yes. the canon is not bad is or bad it writing. is bad or <laughs> yeah. not Spock. True, so true. I'm or with... just Rick Berman in general is, uh. is part of all the canon, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah. That's true. That's yeah. True. But yeah, I, I understand your take. I understand your fears. Yeah. But I I don't know. Spock is this he's in his slut era, you know? I feel I like guess, let him like, run around. Let him run around while he's engaged to someone else. <laughs> like, I just don't... I think that's so dumb no, to, I like, know. make it go that direction. And to make it sort of a love triangle thing just seems like complete bullshit to me. I know that they've been hinting at it since the beginning of season one. And, of course, like, you're talking about this chemistry is there with Chapel and Spock. And we see it all the time in TOS and in TAS even. Um, so I understand that, you know, but... Even in TAS, Chapel was like under the mud's passion influence or whatever, you know? So I'm hoping that it's similar to that, some shenanigans. Um, Ashlyn, should we talk about the other kiss? Yeah. Whoa. La'od and Kirk. 
wait, wait. Really? That was in there? Yeah, what? I was talking about about Pike. Pike. Yes. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so, like, blind to everyone except Anson Mao. I missed a kiss with Kirk and Una. Well, this is and La'an, not Una. Oh. (laughs) That'd be even more wild. A little, like, prison kiss, you know? No, no, with La'an and Kirk, and it might have been, they were, like, head nuzzling, so maybe it wasn't a kiss, but they looked okay, very I'm, romantic. I'm going back. I'm watching go, this right now. Wait, no, no. Go to Strange New Pod's trailer breakdown, because they have stills from each part of the trailer, and that's the only reason I caught it, is because God bless Strange New Pod for <laughs> breaking down this trailer for us. Oh, my God. Insane. It's, like, one of those, like, quick flashes at the end of the trailer. And we saw La'an and Kirk, like, kind of having a little chat together and they were looking at each other giving eyes i just thought laon like had no interest in anyone <laughs> and so this is really interesting that kirk could bring that out in her i mean it makes sense kirk! yeah <laughs> this exactly. is this is lieutenant kirk like this oh my kirk. god at his prime at his most fuckboy era if probably. he's not kissing everyone he meets he will <laughs> yes. be completely out of character <laughs> literally literally we even see him talking to ahura and um doing Ah, little cheers so that's really exciting because that's probably going to be their first meeting it's getting me emotional (laughs) Mm -hmm. same dude same so yes let's talk about pike and what's her name (laughs) yeah i know what's her name i don't even know it's the lady from the pilot of strange new worlds right where he had a beard and he was like sad yeah Yeah. they like fucked and then had breakfast yeah sure yeah and this is the lady who also is putting Una on trial. And you know what I just think is really irritating is that, like, we all know that's going to be resolved in one courtroom episode in the pilot. Or in the, like, episode one of season two. Like, it was so spoilery. I feel like this trailer gave away way too much. was way too, like, trying to tease us so much. I'm like, just wait until the episode airs. You don't have to show Una the entire time. Give us some... Like set, give us a, give us some suspense because we don't know anything about Una in this in this timeline, and so it just is sort of like okay, we know she's fine, and that kind of irritates me because it kind of negates the like shock factor of the finale. But we don't know when the trial will take place. Like, what if she's yeah. in jail and the season finale is the court? You know, where Maybe. they? I don't know. I the whole trailer, she's just like there. But trail, I I know. <laughs> I it's just so trek to me like I don't really have yeah. a problem with it I, like I'm literally thinking of all these core episodes and you know what else they have in common is former lovers having to run the trial <laughs> Stop. or friends yeah. yeah yeah what literally like they always come and then the judge is like sati. I'm like John Luke I know we fucked on the gravestone <laughs> but like <laughs> has to be dead they yeah, had a thing so right. and then i feel like that same thing happened with kirk in court martial um i don't think you fucked anyone there because <laughs> there was a man right well maybe they were friends <laughs> i think they were friends yeah well he was like like oh, i'm yeah, sorry jim yeah because he's like he's like he gave that order to for that guy to object his pod and he didn't yeah anyway <laughs> yeah very good point ashlyn that's true it's just very trek I just get kind of irritated with how spoilery trailers are in general these days, like movie trailers, Mm. anything, I think give away way too much. And it's like, I've seen the whole movie before even seeing it. Yeah. You know, I actually, these days, as I've grown older, I try Mm -hmm. to not see trailers, but Star Trek is the one thing that, not the one thing, but the, like, 
the most prominent thing in my life that I'm so excited for. And also, I'm around, like, all these people. Like, we have a big, like, Twitter and Instagram community that they're all going to be watching the trailer. And so if I yeah. don't see it, I'm going to be spoiled anyway. I might as well it's watch it too. from this source. Yeah, yeah and exactly. you want to know what's going on. So in that way, like, I have had to participate in the trailer culture. And I agree Same. with you, Rihanna. Yeah. Like, just calm down. Just show us that scene with Boimler, and I would have been fine. Yes. Can we talk Thank about you. freaking yes. fucking lower decks yes. right now? <laughs> the way in which I screamed so loud. Like, I I knew it was coming because we saw that uh, the lower decks cast, like, crashed the Strange New Worlds panel um, and everything. And so we knew a crossover was happening. But And we saw, of course, the Tawny on the transporter picture <gasps> that is now... Cabeza generated yeah. <laughs> in our very souls. Um, it's in my museum of science. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so seeing them and get to talk and like seeing Mariner with her sleeves rolled up, seeing Boimler with his pe- or this purple hair, like it's just phenomenal. It's amazing to see Tani and Jack like in their in the flesh, yeah, in the flesh, <laughs> yeah. and how great they look and how like. I don't know, I'm just really, really excited, and I think it's going to be so much fun to combine these two because it's such different energies that the shows are bringing. Obviously, they both have kind of a more comedy spin, but as we've talked about before, Strange New Worlds can go really dark and can really, like, plunder the depths of your psyche, and and Lower Decks doesn't do that a lot, you know, and so it's really fun to have sort of a mesh of, like, it's going to be amazing to have a mesh of characters and things. Yeah, I could not be more excited for this. This is something that was announced, I think it, was it Mission Chicago? No, no, God, I would have swept it, openly in the stands. Uh, you would have swept? Um, you would have got your broom I out? I would have wept! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, it was like Las Vegas or it, one of the cons maybe after. It was, maybe it was Star Trek Day? No, no, it was one of the cons, like, after Mission Chicago. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, Vegas or maybe something. Maybe it was New York, or, I don't know, whatever, Comic-Con, something. But since the day I heard this news that there was a crossover, I have been just, like, shaking. And I do think that these are the two shows... I would love, honestly, to see someone get on Discovery, but oh, I think for yeah. all the shows that are airing right now, this crossover is going to be absolutely delicious, especially yeah. because of the presence of Spock. And I know, like, Boimler loves Spock, and I yes. love Spock, so right? I'm, I'm just so excited. Every episode that features time traveling, going back to a show that we know and love, it ends up being, like, the MVP of the of the episode or of the oh, season totally. so even even when like data and bashir met that was like the greatest day of my entire existence like yeah <laughs> even though it was just a c you know or like when tng went to deep space nine that kind of stuff like they always have or when harry kim is talking to quark and you're just like oh, <laughs> you yeah. know like freaking like my friends out. from different schools are talking to yes. each other <laughs> yeah. my friends in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very exciting and also, so we, you know, get that scene where they say, like, surprise, and then we get the scene at the very end of the trailer where Bach is saying, live long and prosper, Mr. Boimler, and he's like, you also live, and, and he's, like, freaking out, and I wanted to share this tweet from Tawny Newsome who said, there was one take where Jack Quaid said, live, live all the time, absolutely ended me, I still mutter it to myself when someone does the salute. <laughs> <laughs> live, 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 live all the time. <laughs> So I kind of wish they'd done that take instead, but 
you also live and is also really good. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Either way, we are all boy blur in this situation for sure. Oh yeah. I also saw Tanya Newsome tweet that because someone asked her about her sleeves, like if she mm-hmm. could like roll them up and down throughout the episode and they were sewn rolled up. So yes! even if she wanted to, she couldn't roll them down. They were just like, this is Mariner. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. Cause like, you don't want to have to be seeing them at different like lengths in different shots and stuff, you know, like for continuity, it really makes sense that you'd have to stitch them up. So I'm very, very pleased. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So other highlights from the trailer, I really also was excited to see sort of a almost Star Trek Beyond-esque like comedy going on at the very beginning of this remember when sulu has to like do the crazy dive with the nx ship yes um yes. and he gives that look you know like are we gonna make it but and he's like you sure you can fly this thing sulu and he's like you kidding me sir like that whole thing that whole scene was very reminiscent of ortega's taking the shuttle down down and pike is like any second now if you want to hit the engine you know and, and then she's like don't worry i've done this so maneuver so many times in the war looks kind of like similar thing like jump starting you have to get a long enough distance to be able to like hit that velocity i was just getting such similar energy and that was really fun because star trek beyond is one of my favorite star trek movies and so i love a good ode even if they didn't mean it to it's just star trek doing star trek so rihanna i had never even thought about that but i was thinking during this whole opening how excited i am to have ortegas back uh, we got so many hilarious one-liners from season one, like totally. how close, like third date, third second day, date, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and he good. says blind date, like it's yeah. just, just wonderful, like yeah. back and forth, especially between Ortegas and Pike. And I just hope to see Ortegas in more situations. So, yes, same. And yeah. and and have a little maybe more versatility instead of just being the comedic relief, you know? Yes, I would like that a little bit as well because. Agree. Like, I feel like what Star Trek is so good at is even taking your comic relief characters like Nog here. Like O'Brien. Yeah, and still giving them serious plot lines to deal with, which is really cool to me. Yeah. So. Yikes. Yeah. Poor guys. Give them some trauma, I guess. (laughs) Just Just a little bit of trauma. Yeah. So, Ashlyn, um, any other highlights for this trailer for you? Oh, man. We talked about this, or I referenced this, you know, in in discussion about the engineering series, but Carol Kane is coming on to play a human engineer, a lady. (laughs) A human female. She's never been more human. (laughs) (laughs) I assume she's human. I don't see any uh, prosthetics on her face, so you never know. I absolutely adore Carol Kane. She yes. was probably my favorite character in Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. I Iconic. I love her and everything she's in, she steals the show for oh. me. So I'm kind of expecting a Reno like hilarity to yes. ensue with Carol Kane on the ship. So I, I just love seeing her and I can't wait. I'm just so excited. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a relationship that develops between Ahura and and the engineer because yeah. she might be or her might be looking to try to fill that void in some way. Yeah. And I would I love to see um, females being friends and also I'm just saying like happy to see an older woman yes on TV just in general yes. who and has in a STEM role like yeah. engineering role yeah yeah it's really exciting to me because there's a lot of ageism that is happening. Totally. I mean Star Trek is like pretty good about it, but still just in TV Still, in general, yeah. It's so true. Thank you for pointing that out. And, yeah, I'm so excited to meet her. And, yeah, I'm I'm really interested in what they're going to do with this Gorn plot because we see that it's, like, a ship coming down to some, like, human either colony or Earth. Probably not Earth, but 
could be <laughs> classic Star Trek threatening Earth with the Gorn could be possible. But <laughs> so I think that's going to be really interesting that they're going pretty heavy on the Gorn stuff because of La'an's background, because of sort of the time period will be really interesting. And it really like is a reminder for me to watch Arita again because I really need to understand the Gorn more. And that's going to be really interesting and definitely scary again. I'm excited for some scary episodes. Rihanna literally before you even said arena in my head was playing that's a muck time but well, i love it no it's a muck time but i think it's also i don't know i it's feel a like good they, fight music they reuse yeah. that fight music a lot totally, totally. <laughs> i'm pretty sure kirk did some kirk chops while he was fighting yeah. that gorn like wow jerry goldsmith just legend this is jerry goldsmith yeah I don't Alex know if he just did the theme. Alex, like, no, did the... I think Alexander Courage did um, the did like the whole all thing, of, all of TOS. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just really excited. I'm excited for some callbacks, for some new stuff, and just to like see how our characters interact and deal with this the the sort of fallouts of season one and whatever shit they bring to us next. Absolutely. And my last throw out is I hope we get some gay panic from Spock this season. Please. I would love him anything. to see like Jim Kirk and like absolutely wilt away. So. Literally. <laughs> or I would love to see Kirk like check out Spock's ass or something. Like anything. I will be deceased. Even, even if you give Kirk like a little scene where he's like, oh yeah, well this guy I dated back on Devin of three or whatever. Like anything. Anything. I will take. So, a crumb. Give me a pan, Kirk. Pride Month. I'm just so excited. Please. Yeah, it's Pride Month. Anything. Yeah. Give us a gift. Just to piss off William Shatner, too, which would be <laughs> iconic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that dude. Wow. Okay, speaking okay. of William Shatner, oh my which gosh, is a horrible what transition. What way, my dear. Okay, you explain <laughs> what's happening since you made that happen. <laughs> okay, so next we are going to be doing something that we uh, personally have done quite a lot. Uh, and have now wanted to share with you on the pod, we're going to be ranking the Star Trek captains in order from least favorite to favorite. So we're going to be pulling out some takes, some favoritism, whatever, you're going to see it here. And uh, once again, our opinion is ours, your opinion is, is yours, yours are valid, ours are valid. So I'm very <laughs> excited. Mine is the most valid, though. <laughs> okay, okay. I shut out Shatter. everyone else's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we are going to be excluding Picard characters because that's just too it's too messy. Too, yeah, too messy. Michael is the captain for Discovery. Um, so we're not and including Dahl. Saru. Yes, yeah, or Lorca. <laughs> or Lorca. F all the uh, yeah. F Lorca. Yeah. Not F Saru. I love him. I would fuck him though. Anyway. Whoa. <laughs> Off whoa, topic. What but, is escalated? <laughs> I would not fuck Lorca though. That is. Oh, uh, and sure. that serves for me to do. <laughs> We're having sex with the captains we're not ranking, I guess, is the thing, so... I mean, I'm down for that. I, I would probably fuck Rios, too. I mean, are you kidding? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we're not including anyone from Picard, because that's just a hot mess, and Dahl is the captain for Prodigy. <laughs> Sorry, um, so we're including Dahl. Yeah. <laughs> and I think everyone else is normal, so... Yeah. Just so you're all aware. And play this at home if you want. Give us your rankings. Tweet us. DM us. Post it wherever. We yeah. will respond happily. So. Okay, so we're going to give you a second to think about your order. Think Maybe have your top three in mind. 
and think Rihanna. About your <laughs> think about it. Think about your order. Think about it. Of the yeah. captain's think. Think. Of captain's think about now. it. Hmm. Now you've thought hmm. so. Write them down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we are starting in ninth place. Ashlyn, I want to know, who is number nine for you? This is where y'all might set me on fire. I said Archer. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) You did too? (laughs) Fuck Archer. Oh my god. Okay, I just, I feel so bad because I used to love Archer. Not love, Mm -hmm. I would say. I I used to enjoy watching Archer uh-huh. and uh-huh. now when I when I've grown older I think he's the one of the few characters I actually dislike way more now yes than I used to and I it makes me sad to see him fall from grace honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is also a reminder that like we have to separate the actor from the oh yeah because Scott Bakula I would die yeah. for Scott Bakula literally yeah and I want to watch Quantum Leap just because he's in it and stuff like that like and Scott Bakula is an amazing person but Scott Bakula had did nothing yeah. wrong like no, yeah. he's innocent in this yeah. but like I feel like Archer he loves gaslighting to pull he loves shaking people he loves blowing shit up he's grumpy like he he's cannot grumpy. control his anger sometimes he's a bigot. Against Vulcans. <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> Nepotism at its worst. No, I I know that, like, there are, of course, winning qualities to Archer, but they don't outweigh the bullshit to, for me. Yeah, so. Rest in I'm peace, at. Jonathan R. Archer, yeah. who actually was listed as one of the greatest captains of all time. <laughs> and you have a captain's poster right behind you that has him on there. So. I sure do, yeah. He looks nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, Rihanna, who's your number eight? My number eight is Dal. Um, it's probably a surprise to no one. I, of course, he's not a good captain yet. He's he's a child. I, it's kind of unfair <laughs> to rank him, but it is funnier that he's better than Archer in my book. <laughs> um, because he's not actively, like, trying to blow people up or, like, murder be- for revenge. And I feel like Dal, though, is very immature. He has a lot to learn. He's definitely grown a lot in the latter half of season one. But it's not enough, and he still kind of irritates me a lot. Um, but again, he's a kid, so he gets a bit of a pass. Um, but Archer doesn't get that pass because he's an adult man <laughs> with a full Starfleet whatever degree. <laughs> That's very official. But, <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, Dahl is my number eight. Ashlyn, who is yours? Yeah, Dahl as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, the thing that puts him above Archer for me is that he actually shows signs of growth mm. over one season um and a lot of star trek depends upon their main characters being neutral arcs Mm. where they're just great at the beginning they're great at the end i feel like picard is kind of an example of a neutral arc kirk yes like no not a lot of these people janeway like they don't really learn anything as they go um but doll's someone who like i really hated honestly hated i was like this show is almost unwatchable because doll's so annoying yes and now I feel like Dahl has really like found his place with his chosen family and mm-hmm. um he has I'm excited for his future, you know? Absolutely. So well said. positive arc for me. I I really like Dahl. Ashlyn, okay, now I want you to give me number seven. I have Captain Carol Freeman as my number seven. Um I really like Captain Freeman. She cracks me up, but I but she's never struck me as like I don't know. She's like very scattered. Not not scattered. I'm trying to think of I I think she lets her ego get in the way 
of a lot of the missions because she's so like trying to climb the ladder. She's trying to get promoted to a galaxy class ship. The Cerritos is just this, you know, second contact ship. And, mm -hmm. and she wants, she's doing her best to try to like whip the ship into shape, which she does. Like the Cerritos yeah. runs fairly well, but I think a lot of the time, like in diplomatic situations, um, or especially when Mariner's involved, she just lets her ego get in the way. And that's something it's very human, you know, but yes. I, I, I just think for her to take the next step, it would be for her to get over her stuff with Mariner. Yes. Um, but I love, yeah. I love her and I would die for her. I'd take a bullet for Freeman, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean, Ashlyn. And I feel like mine is also Freeman for sixth place or for, sorry, for seventh place. And I feel like it sort of comes from a place of not really understanding her captaincy style. I am so used to like the sort of Picard tight ship and she wants to be that tight ship, but the Cerritos is too chaotic for it. And so she doesn't, she's not flexible to bend to sort of the chaos of the Cerritos, which is understandable. I'm very much a control freak and I would definitely hate like kind of captaining a, a ship like the Cerritos. Cause I'm just like, everyone just like do your job and focus, you know, but also so much shenanigans happens just because you're in Starfleet that like weird is part of the job and you got to sort of roll with that sometimes. And I feel like her stubbornness gets in the way of sometimes having that flexibility. I mean, Starfleet literally complained that she micromanages. And so then she went the complete opposite and didn't check in at all, you know, because she was pissed about Starfleet saying that about her. And so I think that, yeah, she's just got a lot to work on, like, self-wise, you know, and that sort of reflects in her captaincy. But I also think when push comes to shove, she's, like, she's going to do the right thing. She's fighting the packlet. She's, like, working with her daughter. You know, they she always ends up doing the right thing and making the right calls. Um, I just feel like it takes her a little bit or, like you said, she lets her relationship, her poor relationship with Mariner get in the way. I was especially disappointed by her kind of treatment of Mariner at the end of season uh, yeah. three. Yeah, Kicking Seriously. her off the ship with no uh, evidence or anything. And, like, a captain shouldn't do that to anyone, let alone their daughter, you know? And so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy her, and I love the actor who plays her. I think she's awesome. So I'm very excited to see more of Freeman, but it does put her a little lower on my list. I hope... Maybe she'll like make an appearance in the Strange New World uh, crossover. Yeah. I don't Even know, like a voiceover. Yeah, like, I would. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, Rihanna. Okay, I've uh, got. This is number nine, eight, seven. This is number six. Who do you have for number six? All right, I might get crucified for this, but I am going to put uh, Captain Pike as my number six. Um, I know that feels a little savage, but I have some explanations. Um. I think that he is really awesome, really funny, a great captain. We simply have not had enough time with him. And I feel like that's, of course, just the flaws of these newer treks is that we don't get seven fucking seasons or like a whole movie arcs and all of this stuff with these captains. And so, of course, I know Pike from like early Pike, we know from um, from the cage. Yeah, <laughs> I like forgot what the episode was called for <laughs> Menagerie and the in the cage, yeah. yeah, and that stuff. And then we get this season one and a little bit of discovery for Pike. And 
don't get me wrong. Like, I think Pike is a brilliant captain. I think that he makes a lot of the right calls. And, like, the only calls he didn't make well is when he's, like, kind of involved with the lady, you know, for who's, like, killing the kids. <laughs> so, but, like, it's hard, you know, when you, you love, or when you, like, at least had a fling with someone, you kind of trust them more. So, anyway, I think that, like, we simply haven't had enough time with Pike in that um, I don't know if I can pin down his captaining style because sometimes it feels too casual and other times it feels too serious and there's not this like happy medium for me which is totally fine he doesn't have to be a certain way just for me but that's sort of what makes him rank a little bit lower on my list and just a lack of time so I might be changing my answer the more seasons of Strange New Worlds we get but I think Ansem Out is brilliant and I think that he is like doing an incredible job as Pike and Pike as a character is really fun to watch but I don't really get him. I don't really understand that style yet. So I have a harder time connecting to him as as a captain. When I first heard your answer for this, I was kind of mad. Yeah. But you did yeah, a great sure. job explaining yourself and I can yeah. <laughs> I can really see where you're coming from. From for me, we are entering like god tier territory. Yeah, like we are truly. entering this is some the of yeah. the best TV characters. That Literally. of all time exactly. and says like exactly. the huge Star Trek nerd. <laughs> like, yeah. um, <laughs> sure, so yeah. I have a hard time with this and because I'm trying to justify who I put now yeah, for number please. six. Yeah, I put Kirk. Okay, and yeah, fair. I, I it's painful to put him down there because mm-hmm. he is Captain Kirk. He's like the legendary Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Kirk really, if you look at everything. The reason he's so wonderful is because of Spock. Like, or yeah. I, I should say is like the, some of the reasons his captaincy is so successful is because mm-hmm. of Spock. And so if you were to ask me, if, if like if we were doing captains and first officers against oh, each man. other, Ooh. I think Kirk and Spock might come out on top. Like, yeah. You know, as some of the most effective command teams, I, totally. I don't know. That would be a really fun debate. That'd be fun. Maybe um, next. Yeah, next maybe filler next filler <laughs> arc. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's a, the majority of the reason why I've Kirk down here. I really admire that he trusts his instincts. He's incredibly intelligent, which you know everyone forgets about. But Kirk is really smart, and he just has this way of knowing what the right thing to do is in the situation. Um, so yeah, Kirk's awesome. Love Kirk, but I do think we've. <laughs> I, I he does he's not great with diplomacy, you know. That's a skill that he's never been superior at, and a lot of the captains on this list are just better, and that's half of a captain's job, I feel like if you're sp- exploring especially in like a deep space mission, which so many of these shows are. So there's my Kirk in number Bro, 6. Yeah. Yeah. So so fair, and I really really respect that and appreciate your opinion. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Okay. So now we are moving on. And we are at fifth place. So, Ashlyn, give me your number five. Number five is Michael. Ooh, um, okay. I, I love Michael. <sighs> I love her journey. <laughs> Man, I yeah. mean, again, this is, again, we're, we're God-tier territory here. I think it's really messed up that Discovery didn't really start with Michael being captain. It's like Cisco starting as being a commander. But I know it's breaking the mold. And because of that, I have absolutely loved seeing Michael's journey from first officer um, on the Shinzo 
to mutineering, like, yeah. be, like being a mut- yeah. mutineer. The first ever. First yeah. ever mutineer. And then like working her way back up to captain where she like saved everybody's lives and she sacrificed herself to like be in the future and to not exist anymore and leave her whole family behind as did the crew of the discovery. I just like Michael's such an amazing character and um, I, I don't know. I, I, the reason I don't have her higher um, is just because I love other characters more, you know, like I think, I think as a captain, she is fantastic yeah. That's so fair. Yeah. You don't have so, to know exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. I have her as fifth. Rihanna, who do you have for fifth? So I have Kirk for similar reasons that you have him a little lower down. Um, I had such a hard time uh, differentiating him from Shatner, especially in the movies, that I have sort of the Shatner ick when I watch Kirk sometimes because Shatner just sort of, his sort of ego shines through sometimes in plots or whatever. But I'm mostly thinking T-U-S-T-A-S Kirk where he's truly at his prime and even you know Kelvin Kirk we get to see a little bit like different type of of what Kirk could be without the Shatner bigness or whatever you Mm -hmm. know big acting all that stuff I think that Kirk is a really excellent captain and I think I definitely agree that Spock is a part of that but I, I disagree a little bit in the fact that like I think that Kirk also excels despite Spock sometimes, and I think that Spock is not always making the right decisions, which is crazy for me to say, but, like, I think that Kirk's emotionality and his impulsivity is what makes him such a fantastic captain and something that Spock will never really get about Kirk, and that's why they're a great duo, because he brings him down from the ledge and Kirk sort of elevates Spock to a different emotional level. And so anyway, I think that although Kirk is a fantastic captain and stuff, the way that he lets his emotions drive him sometimes can be dangerous for captaincy. And I think that especially, I'm thinking movie Kirk, you know, that he like met his son for like three days and then goes on a revenge vendetta. And of course he knows it's his son and all that, (laughs) but like he was way more into saving Spock than his own son. And like, it's just a lot of weird motivations that is half movie writing, half Shatner, half actual Kirk. That's more than half, whatever you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Kirk overall is a really excellent, like Starfleet sort of look into Starfleet during that era, especially because this is the cowboy diplomacy era. I think he worked great in his era. I think he would have done much worse in a Picard era Starfleet that was more strict, more... Um, you know, like even the temporal people in investigations in Deep Space Nine are like, oh, we hated Kirk. He had so many infractions on the timeline, that kind of stuff. And so he doesn't play by the rules, but not in a way that makes him like excel sometimes. Sometimes that holds him back and gets him court-martialed or, well, that wasn't his really fault. But like there are some times where he makes these mistakes and that's what pegs, puts him down a peg a little bit for me, um, but yeah, I still think he's he's a fucking awesome captain, and I think that he excels in all of these different ways and make and is really good at making these quick decisions that would maybe paralyze some of the captains that I put lower on the list. Love that, Rihanna. Great man. I feel like we're getting really good profiles of these right? people. This we're is hearing awesome. the negatives, the positives. Studies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's beautiful. Okay, Rihanna, it's getting down there. Who do you have for number four? Okay. Um... Be nice to me, Ashlyn. Okay. Um, oh. I just put hard. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
I chose Picard for number four. I think we all know at this point, if you've been listening to our pod for a while, that like Picard has never really been my favorite captain. Um, I think that, oh my God, he's fucking incredible. Like, this is crazy to, to put Picard at this level because he's still one of the greatest captains of all time. And I'm not negating that at all. I think that it, he can come across pretty cold and um, really like kind of calculated sometimes. And I've been watching a lot of early TNG recently. And so I've been thinking a lot about how he didn't really harvest a sense of like family and community aboard the Enterprise. And not that that's an issue for captaincy. You don't have to have it be like a family dynamic on the bridge or whatever, but there are times where he's actively interrupting data, actively telling Wesley to shut up and not listening to people depending on their rank or status or just annoyability kind of thing. And I think that that's a fatal flaw sometimes is that he'll, you know, like listen to one suggestion over the other just because it's Riker or just because like they're less annoying type Cause thing. and effect. Exactly, exactly, Ex- literally, exactly. And there are times where literally Wesley's like, I tried to tell you this three times and you didn't listen. I mean, that was to Riker, but still like, it takes him a while to warm up to the idea of like, maybe being a little bit more open to people's opinions. And because he is usually right, that's the thing is like, he has cause to do that because he's very competent and he's usually correct on what his command decisions are. But I think especially in like when we see him a little bit in like battle times and war times, he doesn't excel as much, you know? And I think the the high pressure situations, diplomatic wise, he kicks ass. He's one of the best diplomats of all time. Like if we were just doing captain diplomacy stuff, like boom, he's at the top of every list for me. But when it comes to like tough decisions, wartime situations I just think that there would be a lot of faltering and a lot of questioning of himself and of morality and like we don't really have time to question morality when people are dying type thing and so it's the nature of his captaincy that he was such a good captain during the time that Starfleet was happening because there wasn't a lot of conflict that he at least had to deal with besides like being a fucking Borg you know which wasn't his fault which he was totally a victim of and so yeah that's why I'm putting Picard a little bit lower just you know like start to harvest a little more sense of community within your ship and trust the people around you, including the children, including the talkative androids and stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, Ashlyn, now tell me, who is your number four? I have Pike. <laughs> oh, wow. I was wondering when he'd show up. Yeah, he's showing up now. Um, I just love Pike. I thought it was, cr- like, no offense. I thought it was crazy when you said it we haven't crazy. had enough time with him. Oh, it is crazy, I know. we've had two seasons basically mm-hmm. of pike and uh like with doll and <laughs> we only got one <laughs> yeah totally. yeah um but yeah i i love pike i think i fell in love with him on discovery because it showed how versatile he was he could jump from a crew that he had fostered and like chosen people for on the enterprise to the discovery and true very competently captain a ship that is crazy you know like everything going on like with the ai it is insane so i thought pike handled that so well and i really feel like that is it it just shows like what he's capable of you know in see in strange new worlds i will say i thought his role was actually kind of diminished which i was disappointed by so we we don't get to see a lot of him in the show, but I'm also, I'm happy to see a show that's, like, going and spending a lot of time on the secondary characters, too. 
so I'm hoping for season two we get some more Pike episodes, but I love him. I, I think he's yeah. awesome. I think he, I mean, as we saw in the finale of Strange New Worlds, he does have weakness um, where he mm-hmm. doesn't have that impulsivity. He, he like takes time to figure out what he wants to do, and he trusts mm-hmm. people easily, and yeah, definitely can be a weakness for sure. But I think similar to what you're saying about Kirk and Picard, that they're good captains for the time they're in. I think Pike is a good captain for where he's in, and also I feel like him and Picard would like go hand to hand. You know, <laughs> like actually, yeah. yeah, I feel like Pike maybe is like a generation ahead of yes where he belongs so agreed love him well said yeah yeah okay ashlyn we are on to the top three who is number three on your list of best captains oh i have cisco (laughs) nice obsessed with cisco you know talk about captains like put exactly where they belong cisco is exactly where he belongs he was brought onto deep space nine after thinking oh, like, I should leave Starfleet, you know, like, this is not for me. And then he becomes the emissary, and he's a part of, like, Bajoran's, like, religion. Yeah. Uh, And he, like, earns his title of captain on this ship, and he becomes an absolute ship on the the station. Um, And he becomes an absolute figurehead, not only for the Bajorans, but for the Federation, with the use of the wormhole and in the Dominion War, Deep Space Nine is at the front lines with like Cardassia right there and Gul Dukat. Yeah. I just think <laughs> Gul like Dukat right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like always he's looming around, planet. and he's yeah. <laughs> very scary to know he could come by at any moment. Totally. <laughs> High wind too. too. Yeah. Terrible. Oh my god. God. Yeah. I just think that Cisco is an amazing captain, and we know that he had to do some things during the war that he's not proud of, but he deleted mm-hmm. his log, so we'll never know specifically yes. what, but <laughs> <laughs> I just, I would, again, like, someone else I would die for, like, Cisco, like, lead me to battle, let's go, and he's an amazing father, truly amazing father, mm-hmm. amazing family man, like, Cisco is doing it all, you know? Literally. Like, how? Literally. How do you do it all? You watch Deep Space Nine, you watch how Ben Cisco does it. Yes! preach thank you wow okay who's your number three rihanna i have to choose michael burnham as my number three um she's extremely high on my list because holy shit how do you go from like we said her whole arc is so massive how do you go from being a mutineer to a specialist to a time traveling genius to, (laughs) to someone who got first officer and then got demoted and became captain I just think that her journey is so special and the fact that she struggled a lot with Starfleet. And we see that some of the greatest captains did struggle with uh, staying in Starfleet or even officers. Worf went through a struggle of not wanting to stay in Starfleet. And I think that is because Michael's a control freak and she kind of needs to be at the helm or not at the helm, at the on the bridge in the captain's chair calling the shots. And I think that season four especially showed me her breadth of talent, the fact that she was able to communicate with Species 10C and kept trying and kept going for diplomacy and never caving to the revenge, like, ideation ideation that a lot of Starfleet wanted to enact, you know, and was worried about them literally destroying Navarre and Earth. Michael stayed steadfast and said, like, no, it's important that we communicate. And she has to deal with, to, to um, she has to deal with, the president, what's her name? Uh, Tavine? No. No. Mm. That's the, that's the, that's Picard. <laughs> yeah. Um, she has to deal with the president and she has to feel, deal with like a lot of bureaucracy that is not her job. You know, they keep putting her in positions to be this diplomat when she just wants to be captain and explore. And 
I just, I think especially what showed me that she was such a fantastic captain is when she absolutely, like, stayed, when she stayed on during stormy weather and stayed with Zora and, like, battled through the darkness together. Like, it's just incredible the things she does, her tenacity, her adaptability, um, I think all make for an incredible captain and especially someone who's sort of been thrust into this role, sort of unwillingly in a way, and she's still rose to the occasion to that extent is just phenomenal yeah um yeah <laughs> okay so ashlyn we are now onto the top two all right so now we are down to number two rihanna who do you have benjamin cisco of course uh same reasons you said i think mostly what i want to point out is the episode where he's on the defiant and he takes the sort of power cell and he makes this speech about how this power cell is now dead. It's one of our, like, okay, we lost another power cell, but this is, like, defines who we are as a ship, and he makes this whole fucking wonderful speech. I wish I had the title of the episode, but he essentially is saying, like, this is for the war. This is for the fights that we continue to fight. He reads the casualty list every morning before the briefing. He is dedicated to his crew and to the ship, uh, to the station, to the Defiant. Um, and he's having to deal with, yeah, like you said, Goldukot, Kaiwen, uh, the Dominion, the Changelings, everybody on all of these different sides, including Cassidy, you know, craziness slash love, and then stuff that Jake goes through. And so I think that he's so versatile and so able to roll with these situations. And also just like punched Q that's the greatest i'm not picard like that honestly puts him above for me just because it shows his willingness to break the mold and to have to make these sacrifices that i just don't think that someone like picard or pike would be capable of or would really struggle morally and i think of course he struggles morally but i think that he understands that sometimes in war you have to make sacrifices and he understands that morality is one of the sacrifices he has to make and God, what a strong will you have to have to be Benjamin Sisko. And he's just phenomenal. He always blows my mind as a captain. Like, I'm constantly inspired by him. So that's Ooh, number two. Drop for me. that mic. Get out of I there. Think, <laughs> I think I know who your number two is. <laughs> um, my number two is uh, has a number one. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is, of course, Picard. Picard has dropped. Um, uh, he used to be my number one for my entire life until this past year. Yeah. I, I, but I love Picard. I mean, Rihanna, I understand what you're saying about how, like, in some crisis situations, like, you know, he's all about, like, thinking about it and mm -hmm. um, kind of having that slow opinion. But honestly, again, that's what Riker's for. You know, he bounces yeah, whenever he's, whenever he doesn't know what to do. He's great about bouncing around questions to the rest of his crew because he does depend on them. And yeah, he interrupts Data sometimes. But I feel like when push comes to shove, Data is kind of the Spock of the Enterprise. And so totally. he does, like, take a lot of his suggestions. But um, Picard is... Uh, I think his diplomatic skill is one of my favorite things about Picard and the fact that he will stick to what he knows to be right no matter what. I mean, yeah. there are four lights in that room. Yes. There are not five. Like, yes. he does not He does not give up. He does not get in. Um, mm -hmm. Extraordinarily Absolutely. brave. And he doesn't... Like, he is self-sacrificial, but, like, mm -hmm. not... To, not in the way that we've seen all these other Star Trek characters be self-sacrificial. Yeah. Um, Cisco, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
so I, I mean, oh man, just talking about Picard right now is getting me. I mean, yes. I'm wearing a Picard Your heart shirt is beating fast. right now. My heart is like beating fast. I'm just, yeah. I, I think about like moments in the drumhead with him when he's giving oh, that speech. God. There are, yeah, and also in Picard, like we do see that he has a capacity to learn and a capacity to love deeply once he can like let go of some of his bullshit. So. Ooh, I love Picard. I'd marry yes. him on the spot. Like I, <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. God bless Patrick Stewart. Yes. Okay. So that leaves only one gorgeous human left, and <laughs> both of our answers are Janeway for the first, for the very top. Aww, yeah. I cannot speak. Like I, I literally am speechless about Janeway sometimes because yes, she makes some dicey decisions, but she makes them in the name of her crew and in the name of Starfleet and getting her crew home this is a completely altered situation to anything that uh, any of our captains have dealt with before and she is dealing with the wild west out here cowboy diplomacy is back and rutted and she does it so much better than Kirk I think that she combines grace and um and strength you know and she has very much a like a strong side and a loving side and she's so fiercely protective like mo- mother is mothering Janeway is mothering she is ready to protect her crew t- through tooth and nail any of her crew doesn't matter if you're ensign doesn't matter if you're neelix neelix oh, <laughs> like man. she's always there uh running around getting you know stabbing macrocosms and punching Nazis and all of this stuff that's just so incredible and I just I love her I love how she deals with year of hell I love how she deals deals with the herogen for the most part um, and I don't give a fuck about Tuvix Tuvix should have died and I'm glad he did because now we have Tuvok and Neelix back uh she saved two lives and I just I love her I think that she's phenomenal and being you know Kate Mulgrew <laughs> need I say more Oh, Rihanna, you're making me teary just thinking about Janeway. I love her so much. Yeah, of course she's number one for me. For all the reasons you said, like, something that we've really been missing in all these captains is a sense of family and belonging. And I think, of course, on Voyager, that is going to develop at some point. But because of the peace she makes with the Maquis, she's able to integrate them into the ship because she knows, like, it's a mutual thing. Like, the Maquis, like, Voyager can't be flown without, like, more people in the crew, which is hilarious thinking about, like, the skeleton crew of the Enterprise. (laughs) Um, It's fine. (laughs) Or, like, it's always just been the two of us. We've never needed anyone else before. One of my favorite Remember Me moments ever. Totally. Oh, God bless. This is your sign to rewatch Remember Me if you were thinking about it. Oh, Oh my God. God. But yeah, yeah, Janeway, Voyager needs a lot of people to operate. And so she knows right away, like, we got to have the Maquis. We got to be friends. Totally. But, like, she does, similar to Kirk, like you're saying with the cowboy diplomacy, she does not let. Starfleet, uh, or she knows that Starfleet protocols are not going to all apply out here, and she's doing yes. her best. She's researching what Picard is doing, and then she's yeah. doing it better. Exactly. Um, she fought the Borg more, like, times than anyone can Yeah, count. and I, I mean, also, Janeway as a diplomat, too, I think mm-hmm. is, like, really, really amazing, and something that is so important out here in the Delta Quadrant. And yeah, she yeah. has Neelix, you know, for these, like, cultural, like, information, like, for this knowledge, yeah. but she is able to win people over to her side so easily because like you said she does it with grace she does it with Mm -hmm. her intelligence 
Yeah. I think my other favorite thing about her is that she was on the engineering track and turned to command. Yes. And so yes. she can go head to head with Bolana on like any other ship. She could probably be chief engineer, you know, yes. like think about that guys. That's so true. Um, and Karn's like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Mr. Data, tell that to Jordy. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going and on. And like, you just do it, Jax. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So someone who is in the position of authority and knows so much about her ship is yes. and her crew like she knows everyone oh okay i have <gasps> yeah, to just okay. be quiet because i'm <laughs> jane I'm gonna faint jane yeah, Wayfest. yeah oh my god okay wow okay Ashland, yeah let's move on to our last segment which is choosing our favorite season from the three seven season sh- series tng deep space nine and voyager so i want to hear yours first for the next generation what is your favorite season okay this is hard for me to choose but i ended up going with season five um, because all of my favorite episodes are in season five. Yeah. We have like disaster, cause yes. and effect. I think Row, no, maybe that was four. Yeah, four um, I think, yeah. but Darmok is in the season. If you like go through the episode list, you'll see. Yeah. Um, I think also like season five, just in a trajectory of a show is when a lot of series tend to hit their stride for whatever yes. reason. <laughs> like, after five years, it's like, nice, oh, now we got, got it. it. Now, yeah. yeah, we figured it out. And I feel like TNG has a lot of amazing episodes, of course, before season five, but there are less terrible episodes in season five rather than in the yes. other seasons. So for me, I one of my favorite episodes of seasons of television, obsessed with season five, um, Rihanna, what about you for TNG? Same Z. Okay. Season five. Okay. I'm going to mention a few more. Iborg, Inner Light, I believe Chain of Command Part 1 is in season five. Bro. Um, just incredible banger after banger. Like, this season has no misses. It's so good. There's also, I think, like, some really good Lawaxana episodes that dive Cost deeper Cost of into Living, her. I think, Cost is in that living. one. Yeah. Ooh, so good. Ooh, so just like, yeah, exactly what Ashton said. Go watch season five again. Just watch it. Don't even look the episodes. Just watch. No, <laughs> hit play and don't turn it off till Netflix asks <laughs> if you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Except or it's not on Netflix. UK, or yeah. if you're in America, you know. You just, just cry. Paramount, Paramount <laughs> will crash on you when you've <laughs> yeah. watched too much TNG. Exactly. Okay, Rihanna, so for DS9, your favorite series, uh, which season did you have? Oh my gosh. Well, season five I chose um, because it's really the turn of the war. I, I, was, I was conflicted between four and five because I think I can never choose six because it has the, the cursed uh, episode that we shall not be named, the finale. And so I was thinking between four because Worf is an excellent addition, but Five is really when Worf starts to be comfortable, when the war is really, really going strong and everyone is like giving it their all. And it's also the scene of, or it's also the, epi- like my favorite episode arcs, which is the uh, Bashir is a changeling arc. And then Bashir comes out as genetically engineered arc. So I love in, for- uh, I love in um, Purgatory Shadow and By Inferno's Light. I love Dr. Bashir, I presume. I am just obsessed with the ways that they're able to weave these stories so well that they're actually sometimes like it's kind of like you need to watch it in order you know unlike a lot of other trek and that's what i think ds9 excels at so much and when season five really started to show us that oh my god this is not just an episodic trek this is not your grandfather's trek this is something new and exciting and different and season four had a lot of that with the klingon arc but season five is when we're starting to see the dominion and gowron is a 
Martok is a fucking changeling. All of this stuff, you know, we're trying, we're starting to finally understand uh, why the Klingons were at this war and how deep the changeling infiltration goes. All of that stuff. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah, it just, it has so many good episodes and I, yeah, there's nothing better. It also has um, Trials and Tribulations, so come on. Yeah, yeah, Rihanna. I literally, as you're saying, I was like, oh man, I was looking back, like maybe you have the right answer, but it's fine. Um, There's no right answer. I am actually, even though it's cursed, I'm going to say season six. Fair, um, fair. I, I mean, I just can't even like reconcile that Jitsi is dead. So no, no. I just <laughs> ignore it. I just yeah. completely ignore that. Um, mm. I'm just looking at these episodes. Like, um, we have fucking, uh, you're cordially invited. Like Worf and oh, Dax's wedding is one of my, my favorite God. episodes. Yeah. Um, the Magnificent Ferengi, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Waltz, um, Far oh. Beyond the Stars, oh. um, Wrongs Darker Than Death or Night. <gasps> um, see, I know, In the Pale Moonlight, His <laughs> Way, The Reckoning, um, Time's Orphan. I, oh, my yeah. God. The yeah. Sound of Her Voice. I'm sorry. I just, like, yes. these are amazing episodes. I, and, uh, yeah, it's really dark. Like, I think this yes. is when, this is one of DS9's darker seasons. Yes. But that is why, to me, it's so memorable and stands out is because Star Trek has never done this before. These, like, terrifying nightmare episodes where Goldu Kotz, like, banging your mom. Like, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that Look, is, Rick Berman. that's brand new. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, amazing season. And now, Rihanna, I need to know, what's your favorite season of Voyager? Season four. It's seven of nine. It's the Raven. It's year of hell. How could you go wrong? Season four is gritty. It's dark. It's Borg. It's like, it's got all of these different, um, really interesting story arcs. We're learning about seven. She's going through her process of becoming more human, re like sort of reintegrating into the crew. A lot of people have misgivings. I mean, it's a seven of nine season. That's why I love it so much. There's so many seven-centric episodes in this season. There's also just, like, every time I look at the season four list, I'm like, wow, I could watch any of these right now and be fulfilled and be happy. And I feel like season four is sort of a precursor to the... I feel like, of course, seasons five and six are phenomenal. Even seven has some really good ones. But I love that four is sort of the, like the growth of that, like the beginning, it's the roots. And I just adore that. And and I love the edition of 709. And I'm sorry, but I was never a huge Kess fan. And so I was honestly very happy to see her, not very happy to see her go, but just like excited for some new type of Voyager. Yeah. Rhea and I have season four as well. <laughs> you do? I yeah. thought you would have chosen five or six. No, wow. no, I have four as well. It's an amazing season. I think because of Seven of Nine, as you already mentioned, but also really like year of hell to me is yes. i is one of the greatest two-parters and it deserves to be recognized always um yes. there i mean i'm just gonna again read out some episodes in this there's um a day of honor nemesis oh. the raven <gasps> scientific method year of hell of course Killing Games in this season? I yeah, forgot. Yeah, Killing Game is in the season. Oh. Concerning Flight, Waking Moments. I oh, mean, Concerning Flight Hunters, One, Demon, oh. Hope and Fear. I'm just saying, Living Witness. Living Witness? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saying, like, this, I, I think. It's unforgettable. It, yeah, <laughs> no nice. That's another one, yeah. I just, I think this is an amazing season, and I do love the later seasons of Voyager, and there are some amazing episodes, too, but I think 
some of the like cringe starts to come start coming in when they're yes. kind of running out of ideas in season seven um, yeah. and six. Even though that's when like a lot of the JC stuff is really going true, for me. Like I almost true. chose season three just because of Coda, because of Coda. <laughs> but like yeah. but I knew When's resolutions. Let's it's season five. two. It's the end oh, of season gosh. two. It's right after. Um, right. It's right after two Vix. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow, that's what I'm okay. telling you about this tone is really confusing. Jeez, um, but, <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, I just mm, I just think it hits its stride and it has some of the most peak episodes in that season. Just like peak, peak, peak. God bless yes. Jane Way <laughs> and yes, Voyager and everyone I mean. else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this has been so much fun. Thank you for doing this filler episode with me. I'm really glad we did it before Taylor Swift because I will have no voice. <laughs> I will have no soul left. <laughs> in me but Ashlyn this has been like a blast it's pretty much just what we talk about in general and so we kept almost trying to chat about it she's like no save it for the pod I'm like, yeah you're right you're right <laughs> that's the hardest thing to do is now when we talk about Trek we're, we're so funny we're like wait we yeah. have we can't be this funny right now <laughs> we have to do we it gotta later wait. we gotta hold it in yeah <laughs> Oh, amazing, Rihanna. This has been fantastic, and I'm so glad we got to connect and record. I feel like a sense of normalcy having a, like, normal episode out, even though it's not part of the main feed. So thank you all, as we always say, for sticking with us. (laughs) And we can't wait to bring you the family episode of Prodigy next week and to continue on to Picard and then to start our engineering series. It's going to be so exciting. Um, We're really excited. And Ashlyn, will you read off our patrons before we go? Oh my gosh, I'd love to. Thank you so much to Amy the Magic Snail, Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowning, MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Kurlan Noskos, Wolfwit, Rick Mason, John T. Bowles, Gil Dara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Whew. <laughs> you need to take a couple One breaths breath. in between those <laughs> names. Uh, thank you so much for being our patrons. We could not, absolutely could not do this without you. Thank and you your merch much. will be there soon. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I've been, I've been like kind of depressed. So I've been doing anything, <laughs> but I will, I will. I promise. Your merch is coming. So thank yes, you so ev- much. Everyone's coming back to life right now. So yes, I'm <laughs> yeah. resurrecting myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All um, right. Thank you, Ashlyn. Thank yes. you, patrons. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Worf. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the ninth episode of our family series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the family in Star Trek Prodigy. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating 2 6 12 or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and enjoy some exclusive features from each tier. You can find all of this and more information at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series. Pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, the spooky series, and the holodeck series. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these amazing episodes. 
Social media, marketing, and editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith.